Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It is Brandy, and I am so excited to be with you today. Today is actually the first day of the year that I've been able to record a podcast. So over the past few weeks, which was not by design, you guys have gotten some re-releases and just diving back into some of the amazing episodes that we had from 2023. Last week, you all got a time management, you know, some behind the scenes from private practice CEO. We have a lot of great conversations inside of private practice CEO and it wasn't planned. (laughs) I actually spent the holidays sick. I had no voice. Um, It hurt to talk. And the day that I was supposed to batch record episodes was the day that I wasn't. So me and my team, we had to pivot. We had to figure out like, what are we going to do? What is this going to look like? And I tried to record, it didn't work. And ultimately the lesson was I had to rest. My body needed rest. And I had felt it coming where I knew and that I needed to get, get to a place where I needed some days off and just time. And so the holiday time is always that time for me. It's built in as part of my year, but I took it sooner than what I expected. (laughs) So I am just happy to be here. I'm happy that I have a voice. I'm happy that hopefully this is coming through clear and I'm really excited about today's conversation. So every week we meet inside of Private Practice CEO. And so one of the things that we've been diving into is leadership. And we've talked about level five leadership and that comes from john maxwell's book the five levels of leadership if you're interested i'll make sure that it's in the show notes but ultimately when you are thinking about your team what do you what comes to mind for you what comes to mind when you think about your culture i want to start there first and here's why i traveled last week to a client an amazing client Um, and her, and I got to work with her and her team and observe her practice from what I call the front to the back. And when I say that it's essentially where we are looking at as soon as the patient calls to schedule an appointment or however they get into the practice from the time that they check in for their appointment, from the time that they see the provider, from the time that they check out, from the time that they know the billing, like all of it, right? So that's a process from the front to the back. So if you ever hear me say front to the back, that's what I mean. And there were some interesting things that I saw. One of the things that I love when I get to do this is outside eyes, right? So when you are working in your practice every single day, it's really, really, really easy to kind of just things become normal, right? And so I have two boys. 
who are old, they're teenagers, they stink, they play basketball, their clothes, I mean, all the things. And one of the things I know, sometimes when I walk in the room, I'm like, oh my gosh, it smells like a gym in here. It smells like a locker room. Why? And they're like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't smell anything. And the reason why they don't smell anything is because they've been hanging out in their rooms and they become nose blind to it. I don't know if you have, if you've ever seen a Febreze commercial where it's like, are you nose blind? And there's like this big gym sock and, you know, you don't notice it. And so Febreze comes in and kind of sprays it and puts out the smell and everything smells great and wonderful, all the stuff. So my question for you, and sometimes what happens, especially when you're working in your practice every day, is you become nose blind to what's happening because it just becomes part of your world. It's what we do. It's the it's just how we do things, right? And so the same thing can happen with your team. It's what we do. It's how we do things. This is what's been allowed. This is the processes that we use, or this is how we've been led or communicated with. And it's really interesting. So with me being able to come in outside eyes, I don't know. I have no idea what happens. You know, I know from a business perspective, just because of my experience. And it was interesting because there was a lot of things, a lot of questions that I had that I was able to bring to their attention, uh, things that I've observed, which I was able to bring to, to their attention. And so it was great. I observed for a day, got some really great insights. And then it was over two days. And so on day two, I sat down with my client and her team and went through what my observations were and what needed to change. And we identified bottlenecks, you know, and what, like some ways that we could smooth out processes and make sure that there's policy and procedures in place, making sure that the team has access to all those things. And it was just a really great deep conversation that a lot of times practices and owners and teams don't take the time to actually go through because you don't have the time or you think everything's perfect when it's not, right? So it was it was just really great. It was really fun. And so I say that because the the one of the conversations when we were talking about the hub that we wanted to name for how the team is going to be able to get all the policy and procedures, you know, what's going to be the resource hub for them. They wanted to name it a name. And I loved it. And so they named their hub Be Amazing or Go Home. And so that is part of the reason why that is in the name of today's episode, be amazing or go home, right? Create a culture of accountability within your team. Because when you have sayings like that, be amazing or go home, it already tells you like either you're going to be amazing here or you need to go home, right? You don't need to work here. You don't need to work here. So even the conversation that we had earlier this week with, you know, with, with private practice CEO, it was all about that. It's having a team of discipline, a team of account, like a team that that wants to be held accountable, a team being motivated to work inside your practice. So what I loved about my client's team is that they're highly motivated. They want to do good work. They have a great team chemistry. It's just the practice is growing. Things are changing. They're evolving. The practice is evolving. And so they're trying to keep up with it which is common, it happens across practices across the world. You know, I can literally say that because I work with international clients. It happens across the world. And so you have to stop, take a beat, really make sure that you are paying attention to how things are flowing, how your team is doing, and are you holding them accountable? So for today's conversation, we're gonna talk about three different categories within the workforce. And I remember when I first got into management and leadership, 
I loved this when I learned it because it was really important just to understand how people work, right? And so it's easy to say that you know different because we all have our different personalities. We all have our experiences. We all have bring our stuff with us everywhere we go. And so that includes your team. And when you start to dissect like what's truly within the workforce, what like helps prepare your expectations, it helps for you to be more intentional about how you're hiring. It helps you to take the moment uh, to gain the clarity for who needs to be part of your practice. One of the things that I said with our clients this week is, not everybody should be allowed to work at your practice. You should be picky, right? You want to have the best of the best and that's okay. And when I say the best of the best, I'm not necessarily talking about the most tenured or the person with like the, the mass amount of experience. No, you want someone who has the strengths that you need, the skill set that you need, and is a good culture fit. So to go back to what my clients named their hub, be amazing or go home, that's their culture, right? They are setting a huge precedence. So when they are interviewing folks, when they are hiring because they're getting ready to do that in order to help some of the, the bottlenecks that are happening, but when they are talking to this is what our culture is people are automatically going to know okay i have to show up i can't just show up to work here any old kind of way and that's okay a lot of my clients feel so guilty for having high expectations or thinking that they're being some type of tyrant because they want to have a good place to work your people want you to want to have a good place to work and when we're talking about these three categories Oftentimes we're managing and we're leading for the folks who aren't the folks who are going to help you build the practice. So we have to change that. We have to change that. So you want to create a culture of accountability within your team. And it is so important. And so one of another client of mine, we are working. And so anytime I start working with folks, usually what happens is we start to implement structure you know, policy and procedures, they start showing up as a different leader. They start showing up as more of an empowered leader. They start showing up, you know, having more difficult conversations. They start showing up, not being, being so willy nilly when it comes to their practice. And so their teams start to take notice of that. And I'll be honest, I will be honest. A lot of times when you start working with me, we are gonna change over your team, right? And because usually when folks get to me, something's not right, they don't know what's right, something's not, or they're, they've been able to reach a certain level of growth and they know that there's this next level, but something's missing, right? Something is missing on that business side. It's either a skill set that they don't have, they can't recognize it, they've been at it for a while and they need help, right? And so that's usually when folks come to me. Another analogy that I can use, especially when it comes to your team, usually what's happened during that season is there's been no structure there's been nothing in place or or you're not holding your folks accountable to the policy and procedure that's been already created you're not too sure on the clarity piece so you just have warm bodies and it's like teenagers right so if you have uncontrolled teenagers you haven't set a curfew you haven't said hey this these are the rules of the house or no you can't throw a fit or no you can't have an attitude you can't just do whatever you want you start coming at them towards like in that way, what do they do? They get mad, they get frustrated. They, you know, they, they slam their doors, like all this stuff. 
And so it's it's more or less like having a bad parenting style or not an ac accountability parenting style. And then all of a sudden now you're holding folks accountable and they don't know what to do. Same thing with your team, you know, like your your teens don't know what to do. And so it's really, really, it's really important for you at every stage of business growth. The second that you hire for you to have clear expectations for what's required for you to understand what your culture is. Because even if you're working by yourself right now, so if you're in that solo space, you still have a culture, you have a culture of how you're showing up. You have a culture for how you work with your clients and patients, and you have a culture that you're creating. So if you are not showing up with a culture of accountability, guess what? When you start to hire, you're going to show up with that same mentality and then your team continues to grow and then there continues to be no culture of accountability. And now you have all these people who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know what to do. They, you know, are making mistakes or they just don't want to do it. And you, it becomes really challenging to hold them accountable to that. So that's really where a lot of this comes in. You want to, from day one, the second that you make your first hire, you want to make sure that you're setting your, your, you up for success and your team up for success. It's so, so, so important. So when I say a culture of accountability, I want to make sure I make this clear. I'm not saying, again, that you have to be a tyrant, and I am not saying that you have to micromanage anybody. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. When you have a culture of accountability, you don't have to micromanage. You don't have to be all up in the weeds of what your team is doing. You actually can trust your team because you know they're going to show up, do the job that they're supposed to do. They're going to do it well. They're going to ask questions if they have questions. They're going to meet the deadlines that they need to meet if, if there is a deadline. And so when you have a culture of accountability, everyone is holding each other accountable, right? And it takes you as the owner out of it. Right? So you have given your team the resources that they need to be successful. You've hired a team that is willing to hold each other accountable. And so going back to my client, be amazing or go home, guess what? If there's team members there that they can see their other team member isn't being amazing, they're going to be like, you know what? Go home. <laughs> go home. So you want to make sure that you're setting this precedence and it's not about just micromanaging. So when you have the the information that you need, a lot of times with our clients, we always talk about data, we're, we're gathering data, we're looking at the data. This is where things become really powerful when you have key performance indicators, KPIs, when you have metrics that you're using, all of this starts to become a culture of accountability for team performance, for the numbers, for um, how you need to show up, um, you know, what the expectation is, all of it, right? So it starts to pour into it. So what are these three different categories? Like, how should we move within the three different categories? How are we going to navigate the three different categories? How are we going to recognize if our teammate or our team member is in, you know, one of these three categories? So let me start off with giving you the three. The first one is low performer. That's your first team category. The second one is middle performer. And the third one is high performer. So let's talk about low performer. It's pretty self-explanatory. You have a team member that isn't on time. 
that you have to give a lot of direction to that is the energy drain or another way to put it it's the person that maybe you talk to your colleagues about or maybe you go home and talk to your partner about or maybe you're telling your friends like i have this employee on my team or i have this contractor that i work with or i have this teammate that i just drives me crazy or you're talking my clients are talking to me about them you know, like they're driving me crazy. They don't do what they're supposed to do. I said that I needed it back. And you know what? They didn't give it to me until next week or, or they didn't get it to back to me until like a week later. I thought that they would be done in the first, you know, in the, in the same day or, um, you know, this person, I can't, they, they were late. They, they just did something really sloppy. Like all the things they missed the copay they didn't collect the money they didn't schedule the appointment they missed the message we got a patient complaint about them like all of those things this person that drives you bonkers that is a low performer now if you have low performers on your team which i'm sure if you're listening to this everybody usually even within like the most high performing teams there's usually somebody that's kind of at the bottom of the bunch right where there's just there there's always tweaks that people can make and there's some folks like some team members that just have giant leaps that they need to make right and so when you think about your low performer that is the exception it should be within your team and not the rule which brings me to your middle performer so your middle performer is a step above your low performer so usually the sign of a, of a middle performer they get the job done there's not really anything bad you can say about them you know there's might be maybe one thing that kind of rubs you the wrong way but they're not taking all your attention the way that the lower performers do right and so with the middle performer they come in they do a good job you know they're they they they, they do what they're supposed to do they go home i'm going to tell you a bulk of the job force actually are middle performers and even according to forbes forbes says 70 percent of the workforce are lower performers recruiter.com says 62 percent is a bulk of the workforce regardless 62 percent or 70 percent it's a lot it is a lot and even back when i was learning this information it was 70 percent so between 62 percent to 70 percent is a bulk of middle performers when it comes to the workforce that is a lot of people so nine ten chances when you hire you're going to hire a middle performer right what you don't want to hire definitely are low performers so when we're talking about the elite of the workforce, it's your high performer. And that can actually be different for every single business. What, who you think might be a high performer inside your practice, that person could go to another practice and that person could be considered like a middle performer. It just depends, right? So this is why anytime you're hiring, you need to take the time to understand what your practice needs what's going to be a good fit for your culture, what skill sets are you looking for, and what strengths does that person need to have for your practice. So there are folks, there are high performers every day that get let go or um, get written up. And it's not necessarily because they're not a high performer. It's because they're necessary. They're, they might not be a good fit for what's happening within that business. So I do want to make sure that I'm giving you some additional details when it comes to high performers. But for your practice, when you hire a high performer, they are the elite. They are the ones where you're like, man, you make my life so much easier. Why can't I wish I could clone you? I need to find more of you. 
You know, you are just amazing. I don't have to give you much instruction. You just do, right? I, it's like, it's just easy. It's just very, very easy with your high performers. So I hope if you're listening to this, you have some high performers on your team. If you do not, you need to find some. <laughs> you need to find some. Um, because high performers they are they make things easier right and so it's really nice when you have high performers and so when we talk about a high performance team that means that you now have a team of high performers you have a team of folks who are leaders team of folks who are holding each other accountable a team of folks who are disciplined you know a team of folks who are consistent a team of folks that allow for you to build the practice, to grow the practice, to scale the practice, and you can do what you need to do without having to hold anyone's hands, right? And so as we're navigating these three workforce types, here's what you need to do. The goal always, if you end up with a low performer, if you have a low performer in your practice, you wanna move your low performer to a middle performer. This is always the journey. You wanna move your middle performers to your high performers. So when you um, hold your team accountable to being high performers, you're setting the bar, you're setting the expectations. Most times what owners do, and most times just, just in general, if you've never led a team or if you haven't gone through extensive training, um, then usually folks will always manage and lead for the lower performers. Right. That's where all the focus goes. That's where all the energy goes. That's where all the conversations go. That's where all the like you're literally creating a culture for your low performers compared to creating a culture for your high performers. You want to keep your high performers. One thing about high performers, low performers drive them cra crazy because they're a distraction. They are they're always having to almost carry their weight. Right. And so you don't want your high performer to get so frustrated where they leave. And if you have a high performer coming into a business with low performers, that high performer, those are the ones that are like, well, I just don't think this is a good fit. Or where they come in, they might work a little bit, and then they leave. And it's because you have all these low performers around and they're like, this is not where I, where I want to work, right? High performers want to be around other high performers. That's how they roll. You know, they don't want to be around people who are going to bring them down right? Who aren't going to pull their weight, who aren't going to take their job seriously, who are going to call out, who aren't going to, you know, just kind of sit there and try to get away with as much as possible. High performers don't like that. They don't. So the best thing that you can do is to hold your team accountable to the high performer standard. And a lot of folks struggle with this because they feel bad or they buy into maybe some like scenarios where the lower performer is being a low performer, you know, they feel bad. Well, they have a lot going on at home. And I'm not saying that you can't be sensitive to that or you can't partner with team members. You should, but you don't need to manage to the low performer standard. You still need to hold that lower performer to the high performers standard. So this is where policy and procedures come into play. This is where you're, you know, this is what we expect from our team. This is where you start to recognize your high performers. This is where you start to incentivize your high performers. This is where you start to make sure that people know this is what our values are. This person is exhibiting our values. They are doing what they're supposed to do. And I'm going to call them out because I need for you to recognize the fact this is what we do within this practice. 
right? So the goal always is to train up, measure up, lead up, you know, talk up, like all of those ups, level up is the word that I'm looking for. You want to level up your team. And so you want to make sure that you're moving your low performers to your middle performers, to your high performers. If your low performers can't make that transition, or even if your middle performers can't make that transition, this is where you start to transition your team. This is where you start to write people up. This is where you start to have difficult conversations. This is where you have to start to fire people. And you should, like you should. I remember there was a team that I had that I was transitioning over and there would be other teammates, usually my higher performers, when I would fire somebody and they're like, oh, good. You know, oh my God. They weren't even upset about the fact that they were having to take on this person's work because they were already doing it anyway. They were just happy that they didn't have to deal with them, right? And so I guarantee you, if, you're, if your team's big enough, there's probably some of this going on. So if you have a team member that you need to write up or that you need to have a difficult conversation where they're not carrying their weight, they're a low performer, please have those conversations because your higher performers are waiting for you to do it. Your team watches you. It's annoying. I'm not going to, even going to, I'm not going to lie. Your team, but your team watches you. They watch how you move. They watch who you are rewarding, who you are putting energy into. And it's like the kids, it's like the kids who are watching like the younger brother or the younger sister or the younger child who is looking up like how, what's going to happen with the older one? Like, you know, this older one's like breaking a rule. What are, what, what are you going to do? And you're teaching your team by how you navigate these conversations or how you navigate these different categories, how to show up in the practice. So if you have somebody who's coming to work late every day and you're not really saying much, guess what? Now you're teaching your team, oh, I can come late. And guess what will happen? It, your high performer, if they're still around, will start to decline. Like their performance literally will start to decline. And you will sit there and like, what happened? They were doing such a good job. I don't understand. You teach people how to show up in your practice and you have that control. One of the great examples that I always say is for the owners who are still seeing patients and clients and documentation, because we all know documentation is a bear. If you are holding your providers to a standard of documentation has to be done within a certain time frame and you aren't meeting that time frame, guess what? They're watching you. Even your high performers are watching you. Well, so-and-so doesn't do it. And it sounds really petty. Well, so-and-so doesn't do it. So I'm not going to do it. And that's what happens. That's what happens compared to if you are showing up the way that you need for your team to show up, then it becomes easier, right? You have to set the example, you have to set the bar. And so when you have a team, a culture of accountability, a team that's disciplined, this includes you too. It does not mean, it does not mean that you have to have all these hours under your belt, you have to, you know, work 60 plus hours in order to set an example. No, that's not what that means. What it does mean is that if there's certain policy and procedures that you have within your practice, you have to follow them too. <laughs> like, you can't just be like, well, this applies to you, not to me. And there are some things because as the owner, you do get perks because you're the one who started the practice. You're the one who's taken the weight of the practice. You're the one who has to make sure all the bills get paid. You're the one who has to continue to make sure that the team has a job and a place to come to. So there are perks that come with that. But when it comes to certain policy and procedures, you have to really set the bar too, because again, you want a culture of high performers, a culture of high performers, a culture of accountability, a culture of discipline.
so and this starts from day one so one of the things i always tell my clients always do not settle if there is something in your gut that is saying i don't know if i should hire this person or something seems off follow it make sure that you are sitting tight be patient when you're hiring right so there's the saying hire slow and fire fast I'm a big advocate of that, huge advocate of it, because you need to take your time. And the reason why, again, 62 to 70% of the workforce are middle performers, which means usually when you end up hiring, you're going to have to train up this person, level up this person, and show them what the expectation is within your practice. If you have no expectations within your practice, if your practice is just a whatever practice, if your practice is just like a free spirit, then it's gonna be really challenging, right? And so that's where your practice starts to run you instead of you running your practice, and that's where your practice becomes a jail, and you don't want that. And that's where your practice starts to become a team, especially as the team continues to grow, where you start to resent your team. You start to look at your team as expenses instead of investments. And you start to think like, why am I paying people so much? You know, why? Like, it's just a waste of money. You know, I would be better off if I was just by myself. And that's not true. That is not true. I believe if you're hiring, if you have a bigger practice, it's because you have big goals and dreams. You want to make a huge impact in the world. You want to help people. You can do that. And you don't have to have a team of people who aren't there to support you, right? And you can have a team that honestly will make sure that they show up motivated, disciplined, culturally a good fit, making sure that there is that accountability. You can have that. I see it, you know, but it takes you being patient as a leader, as the owner, having that clarity and holding folks accountable all along the way. All right, so that is today's conversation. Um, and so again, the goal here is to hire with strategy and intention, with clarity. Don't just don't just hire whoever because you need somebody. This is why you don't hire out of a sense of desperation and why you're always paying attention. Like once you hire, like, okay, who's gonna be the next hire? So that way you are being proactive with who you're bringing on board. For example, there's a client that we that I work with and they hired um, one of their leadership positions. And with that leadership position, we knew within six months, a year, what that next hire was gonna be. So the job description's already been created. At this point in time, we like fast forward six months, that person is in a position where we need to make that next hire, but it's easy, right? Job description's already been created, clarity for what that position requires, the position has already been posted, budget has already been created for it. So when you are hiring, it's all about being proactive. And that starts with you as the owner. It starts with you as the owner. So as a review, your three different categories that you need to pay attention to are your low performers, your middle performers, and your high performers. And at every step of the way, you're always trying to move your low performers to your middle performers and your middle performers to your high performers. And when you are leading your team, you're leading your team for those high performers. You're not leading your team according to the low performers. You want to set your culture for accountability, for leadership, for discipline, for making sure that you are setting the bar in the standard when it comes to your practice. You'll thank yourself, your finances will thank you, your, your patients and clients will thank you, uh, you will thank you because you are showing up inside of your practice as an empowered CEO 
owning your CEO status because you have this culture of accountability. So I hope that this is helpful. I hope this is helpful. So in the show notes, if you feel that you need some additional support, there is always a link for how you can work with me. Also, you know, I appreciate the great reviews of the podcast. If you can continue to share this podcast going into 2024, I have big goals for for this podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it empowers you as the CEO of your practice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share the message, and leave a review. If you want more information and support in growing and scaling your practice, click the link in the show notes to take advantage of our free resources or apply to work with me directly. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.